listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey. And Melissa Taylor. And we are proud to be here today with Maggie and Jackson Evans. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Thanks for agreeing to uh, be guinea pigs because we're we're still in the infancy stage. This will be our third show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're happy. Um, <laughs> and I will announce you guys are very locally famous. Um, Maggie has a thriving visual arts practice as well, but we're just going to focus on music today because there's so much to talk about just with that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's just start out. I'm going to ask you both how long you've lived in Savannah and what brought you here originally. Well, um, we moved here in 2004. Correct. And uh, <laughs> which is kind of adding up. I mean, I would have to count on more fingers than I have to figure out how long that's been. <laughs> but um, we moved here initially for me to attend Savannah College of Art and Design to do a master's degree in painting. And um, we both grew up in Logan, Utah. And we had finished our undergraduate degrees there, and we were looking for an adventure, so we just kind of packed up and, yeah. and made the move. <laughs> we, we only intended to be here those two years, and, uh, oh, okay. and here we are. That's <laughs> a similar story to my husband and yeah. myself. Like We moved here so Tim could go to SCAD, and um, he did his master's, and here we are. <laughs> it's like everybody intends two years, and then you're like, right, right. Right. Okay, so it's, it's those good. trees that are like grabbing. Right. Like, literally, the Spanish moss just holds us. Right. Yeah, so the environment is very different from Utah. Yeah, you move to the opposite <laughs> corner of the country. Was yeah. that a huge it's shock? culturally very different. It is, uh, the landscape is wildly different. You know, this is, yeah. it's, it's water, not mountains. So, mm-hmm. Yes, um, flat. And it was kind of a huge shock because um, uh, Jackson was always an avid cyclist at, um, and... I was more into hiking at that point mm-hmm. and doing like just really long hikes. That was kind of my outlet. And I moved here and tried to find a good hiking trail and went out to skate away. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was it was cute, but it was not like yeah, not like exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, so there there was some adapting yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's we've definitely grown to love the marsh and the landscape here is just so different. It's just a, it's beautiful. I know but it's just different. Like, did you guys, did you both study music or art for your undergrad? I did music, I, so my degree is in, in guitar performance. Okay. Maggie did art. Yeah, I um, studied illustration, actually, in my undergrad, and um, but I played with the guitar ensemble that they had at Utah State. Um, yeah. and we actually got engaged on a, uh, on a guitar ensemble trip. <laughs> that's, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guitar professor at Utah State, who's been a very important um, force in the guitar education world, uh, has also been playing with my dad, who's a musician, um, since the like late 70s. Wow. So Yeah, so they're kind of like musical partners for a long time and so um Jackson was studying with him and it just kind of ended up being you know I ended up hanging out a lot and yeah he was over at my house hanging out yeah. and jamming a lot and those, those early days when we were dating in college uh almost every Sunday we'd have uh, you know some sort of barbecue at the, her family's house and then it would 
become a jam session, which would sort of become private lessons with, with her dad. He would, <laughs> he would give me tips and, oh and teach me things and teach us songs. And That sounds so magical. It was yeah, pretty cool. It was yeah. cool. And, I, and that's why I always say, like, I didn't mean to play bass, but it was like, I'm not going to just, like, sit there while they're and playing not and not yeah. do anything so as well. So that's yeah. how you two met us through music. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And did you? Were, was your family musical too? Um. Yeah. Um. Not. Not. Not on the professional level like her family. Yeah. Uh, my dad was a rock and roll drummer. Um. We actually were in a a band with him in college. He was the drummer in our band. Yeah. So, <laughs> and her her cousin was the singer also. Wow. Yeah. It was so a like partridge family. I know. Yeah. I was just about to say wow. that. <laughs> Many iterations, yeah. Be, being from Utah, it might might be more like Donnie and Marie. Okay. Um, yeah. How did you each choose your instruments? Which you ended up with? Um, Maggie has a whole list to, to go along with bass. Yeah, I was gonna say I yeah. looked at your website and there's there's more than just bass. There. <laughs> yeah. So I my mom's also a really accomplished um, pianist and flutist, and um, so. When I was five, she started me in piano lessons, and um, I really grew to love piano as I got older, so I did a lot of like classical piano competitions and stuff like that, and really loved it. Um, my dad was a band teacher, so when I got into middle school, he's like, what do you want to play? And I was like, I don't know, but it wasn't like a, do you want to play in band? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you playing? And he's like, well, French horn, like they need good French horn players. And I was like, okay, I'll play French horn and most awkward <laughs> instrument ever. Very obscure. <laughs> Very yeah, exactly. And I so I played that all through high school, but um when I was about fourteen, my brother and his best friend were starting like kind of like a Nirvana style like grunge punk band and so they needed a bass player and oh. um, dad's friend, Mike, who's the guitar professor, his son was selling his starter bass so dad just kind of came home with a bass and was like Maggie would be a good bass player (laughs) my brother actually was like oh yeah because we were really good friends yeah just uh yeah so I and I it was great because I didn't care that much about bass I didn't really take it seriously it was more like about being the cool bass player and so I think it was a lot that freed me up to just kind of not be scared to like play by ear not feel like I was doing something wrong whereas with piano it was like so structured and yeah, reading the music I just couldn't like get away from it and, and play jazz so like I almost just had two different brains between bass yeah and totally piano. I know and we talked a lot about how we had really similar music tastes at that age and like the breeders were really big yes. and the female bass player so many really yeah bad. Sonic Youth when, when, when yeah. we were playing in high school Maggie's amp had she had spray painted Kim Gordon as God on the side of the <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. I still kind of believe that so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how did you so, go? So I wanted to be a drummer, um, but I think my parents knew what having a drum set and a teenager in the house would be <laughs> like. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and, you know, a drum set costs money, and my, my uncle had a guitar, so they, they, they got me a, you know, whatever free hand-me-down guitar was available, and that was my first acoustic guitar, and put me in lessons, and I, I started doing that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So not, not quite as involved as many. <laughs> <Yeah. situation. laughs> but we actually started playing together in high school. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I met your brother first through guitar. So I met her yeah. brother. Um, he was also a guitarist. Um, and we started jamming, and then Maggie would show up. And um, should be noted, she had green hair when I met her. She Excellent. was, she was, she was <laughs> all punk rocked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I wanted to ask, uh, just kind of bring it up to modern day. I know, so we'll address later, Maggie recently had an accident and is in recovery from that. But in general, what is you guys' sort of performance schedule around town and your various bands? Right now, um, I'm doing Mondays in Hilton Head with the Jazz Corner. Um, I'm doing Fridays and Saturdays at Rancho Alegre. That's our, yeah. sort of our, our home base. Your city flagship gig. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not much else. I'm also playing with um, Damon and the Shit Kickers, which is my sort of um, closet <laughs> outlet. Uh, Your it's, closet it, bluegrass? It's, it's very, very different from what I'm known for doing, which is yeah. playing jazz guitar. Um, it's very loud, and, uh, <laughs> and I get to... to you know, shred my country licks. <laughs> Do you uh, have boots that you bring out? I right? bought some new boots a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, I was I was told that I couldn't keep playing with the band unless I bought some cowboy boots. That's not true. <laughs> but they, they, they were getting sick of the bands. And, uh, I thought you were wearing Uggs or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be very unacceptable. So I, got, um, I got me some, some Ariat... Uh, Western boots, they're oh. they're square toed because um, you know I, I don't want to cramp my toes and oh, okay. and so I'm 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 on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're stitched up. You know, they've they they they've got the whole whole thing going on. Damon says they're fine. Damon says they're fine, <laughs> but I might have to get some pointy toed ones at some point. Yeah, and that's at over yonder on Saturday afternoons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, once or twice a month. Yeah. yeah. That's so, cool. I yeah, love that afternoon music. This afternoon, actually. That is a great sort of country country bar. Under it is so yeah. Fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and how about you? You also have various styles of bands you play with, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've, I've kind of, you know, it's it ebbs and flows through the years, so we've kind of whittled it down um, now to just kind of focus on the, the venues that we really enjoy. Um, so... Um, Wednesday nights, I'm usually at Redfish Restaurant in Hilton Head, okay. and that's with the John Brackett quintet now, so um, Howard Paul plays guitar in that as well, and then we have um, a conga player and a drummer, and um, and then Fridays and Saturdays, I'm usually at Rancho Allegre, and then I'll often pick up extra stuff with Howard Paul, um, okay. you know, throughout throughout Savannah, or we um, will go back to, like, Napa, yeah, she's done some great things with Howard out, out west. That's a, that's a cool connection. Yeah, that's fun. How did you guys meet him? That's also a pretty cool <laughs> so, story. Actually, so, yeah, this is this is this is we go way back at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're going back to 2003. Yeah, the so Art yes, Fair. Yeah, Maggie, Maggie um, exhibited at the Telfair Art Fair in 2003. And mentioned well, she she ran into Howard, who was playing the event. Okay. Um, she actually had a picture of, of me that she'd drawn, um, and I was playing uh, my my heritage Johnny Smith, and he came around and saw the saw the picture and said, "Oh, is that Johnny Smith? Like, what's going on here? That's a, a jazz guitar, you know? Wow. It's a, a very specific piece of knowledge that not everyone would have." Mm-hmm. Um, they struck up a conversation. Uh, she mentioned that she would was looking at SCAD, possibly moving here, mm-hmm. so he gave her a card and brought it back to Utah, and once we made the decision that we were going to move out here, I called Howard um, and talked on the phone for like an hour and a half, he told me everything I needed to know about the Savannah <laughs> music scene, uh, and then like literally the first day we moved into town, I went over to his house and played some tunes. And, um, oh, he's jammed. Yeah, and, uh, and we didn't get to know him super well at first. Um, you know, he had lots going on. At that point, he was uh, still working at Chatham Steel, but about to, it was a year year or two later, he partnered with Bob Benedetto and 
became the CEO and president of Benedetto Guitars, where I work now, <laughs> many yeah. years later. And um, uh, we, we've just gotten to know him more and more as Maggie's played a lot with him. And I, and I work with him you know, every day at, at Benedetto. Yeah. So uh, we're, I'd say we're pretty pretty tied at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you guys give a little intro on who Howard Paul is in the local music scene? All right. Yeah, yeah so Howard is, is a, um, you know, a... a a stalwart of the of the Savannah jazz scene, um, he became very good friends with Ben Tucker when he first moved to town. Mm-hmm. Ben actually introduced him and his and his wife. This is would be in the nineties after a stint in the the army. Uh, Howard had a job with um, Chatham Steel, and he actually worked briefly with the Olympics in nineteen ninety six. Started playing gigs with Ben. Ben introduced him to Patty, his wife, and. Um, he over the years became um, you know more and more connected in the scene uh, as of I don't know when he started being the president of, of Savannah Jazz which was formerly Coastal Jazz mm-hmm. uh, but he's run the the Savannah Jazz Festival for you know, maybe the last decade or so okay. and uh, yeah he knows knows everybody does all the, <laughs> yeah. all the stuff <laughs> and that's how you've been brought to Napa various times for right. long yeah, music trips right it's, it's a, yeah I'm not complaining it's <laughs> that's, a, that's a good connection so you're going to Napa. Jackson is at work during the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's what happens. So Howard and Maggie go to Napa and drink amazing wine and play amazing gigs, and I have to cover both their asses. I have to cover Maggie on the gigs, and I have to cover Howard at work at Benedetto. So I, I think that's fair. Well, it's probably somewhere in the marriage vows. I'm pretty sure. I even look back at the contract. I always bring money home. There's that. You bring some wine home too, right? Some where I'm sitting I can see a, a giant magnum of minor wine from here with a Benedetto guitar on it yeah. nice. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the various like genres and styles of music that you're in because you're in various different bands and groups oh yeah that's a good question right. well I, I already mentioned I, I have a, a country fetish so, <laughs> so that's my, my, uh, my telecaster that Damon built for me um, uh I'm really into you know swing and and, and bebop uh, styles of jazz. Uh, Maggie, however, has this whole Brazilian thing. It's, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, honestly, we have we're so similar in so many ways, but we have really different like go to music that we like to listen to. Okay. Like Jackson, and it's almost like what you like flipped from what you would expect. Like Jackson really likes um, just really pretty lush like harmonic, like, beautifully voiced things, uh, like, female singers often, and really, like, more mellow stuff, I would say, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm just, like, if it doesn't have, like, a really nice groove, I'm just, like, skipping it, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm a bass player, so that makes sense, but, um, so I love, like, Latin music, I love Brazilian music, I love um, all sorts of random, like, old hip-hop, or, like, I have this weird like Latin hip hop thing that um, oh, is kind of cool. Like I'm gonna need cool. recommendations from you oh. for that. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, yeah, there's some really cool like women like like really hardcore like you know um, strong women like out like from Peru and stuff that are just really oh. awesome. She's like, talking about Anatizu. Anatizu, yeah, specifically. I'll write it down for you later. Yes, please. And. Um, uh, but I like playing, yeah, anything that's just like, you know, I like, I've played in blues bands in the past, I've played yeah. with Hitman, 
for a long time in Anthony's band, and um, he was kind of my first gig in Savannah. That's a funny story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to condense it, because I feel like we have so much to cover. Um, But, yeah, Hitman, when we first moved into town, he called um, Portman's looking for a bass player for a gig. Jackson was 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 teaching teaching uh, guitar and bass lessons at the time, but he's not really a bassist. Hitman got Jackson's number and called him and said, hey, you want to come play some blues with me this weekend? And Jackson's like, yeah, he hadn't had a gig yet. He was super stoked. I was doing my thing at SCAD. We've been, so I was we've been in Savannah busy. maybe two weeks at this oh, point. Oh, okay. so. maybe a month or something. Yeah. But I wasn't looking for a gig. I was, um, but I was happy that Jackson had a gig because, you know. Um, and so he, like, grabs his guitar and he leaves. It was when they were doing riverboat cruises off of right. uh, off of River Street or gambling cruises, casino boats. Oh, those, like, elaborate-looking <laughs> ships. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> casino boats. And so Jackson, like, starts walking under the boat and Hitman sees him and he goes, that better be a bass in there. And Jackson's like, I don't play bass. <laughs> and Hitman's like, uh... And the boat's, like, getting ready to leave and Jackson's like... That's all right, my wife plays bass. And you can just see his face, like, uh... Big old eye roll. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so no. Jackson, like, calls me on his way. He's like, he's like, get your stuff on the porch. I'm picking you up. They need a bass player. And I was like, oh, come on. I was like, I had my day plan. I was, like, doing laundry. I was like, I was like, okay. So I, like, hurried and changed. I got on the, on the porch. And, yeah, Jackson ran me to the gig. And just, like, as the gig went on I think and realized that I like actually knew what I was doing wow. and it was and so like by the first break he's like hey I have a bunch of gigs coming up so do you want to play and like I'm trying to put a trio together and from then on it was like five nights a week for like wow. the next five yeah. years when you were in grad school and yeah. I was in grad school yeah. working a lot yeah so and even for um, a while when when school was going I would play the weekday gigs on bass yeah you did start they were 10 to 2 yeah at, at Savannah Blues like yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I was. Yeah, we were at Savannah Blues a lot. Where, 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 can, where was that? Where was Savannah Blues? It oh, was in City us. Market. Okay. It was a I, basement place. Yeah, is it called? Um, is it poor Larry's now, or it was at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was. But yeah, sewage yeah. only occasionally dripped down from the ceiling. Oh, good. Yeah. Real yeah, classy yeah, joint. Roof juice is totally normal. Roof juice. But it was like it was kind of good because they were always four-hour gigs and it was a lot of music and. um he was playing with, I think he still plays with Mark Cordray on drums, who's a solid drummer, and he really, I learned a lot. I actually learned a lot yeah. on that gig, because I didn't know that much um, coming from what I'd been playing in Utah, and, and it was also like a running a marathon. I mean, I got really in shape just playing <laughs> yeah. that much. Yeah, and, yeah, that long. Yeah, so that was, that was cool. But I'll, you know, I'll play just about anything. I've played with Damon um, and the Shit Kickers often, and Anders. Um, yeah. has a trio that I used to play with quite a bit. So, you know, everyone always needs a bass yeah, there's player. A, there's a, another eye roll when you showed up and Anders saw the six-string bass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is that? Just yeah, think the, the country exactly thing would be, you know, you want like a, an old-school four-string bass that, you know, okay. is going to sound all muffled. And, <laughs> you know, you see you see a yeah. six-string bass and you expect all the slapping and the... The wrong tone. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, I was completely with a six-string yeah. bass. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's just what I've... Like like playing, I like the different options, and for jazz or something, you can solo and do some different things uh, in different you know more high notes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, we're we're gonna focus this more on the music, but like the you talking about playing and and the amount of gigs in grad school and all that stuff. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is like, how do you balance 
the music, the art, you know, being married, having a life, doing all the things. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a lot. Like, I looked at your website and, like, all the things you do. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. So and, like, it's, I know. And then you throw, like, bike racing on top of it and, like, training, like, 10 to 12 hours a week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And we're, like, but, um, but it's all, like, so fun. It's, like, we're all, sometimes we're just, like, we need hey, we to cut back. We, we We're don't really exhausted, have free time. Yeah, <laughs> kind I mean, of always doing something. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's kind of what it, what it comes down to is like we do a lot of it together so mm-hmm. that's fun so yeah. we aren't yeah. trying to like we're not like leaving our spouse out while we're out riding our bikes mm-hmm. or we're not leaving our spouse out while we're out playing gigs which mm-hmm. happens a lot but um, but you know we play enough different gigs that we don't get burned out on playing with each other yeah. too which is yeah. huge you have to balance it and then the art, the studio time is hard. You just, I just have to be kind of like really uh, protective of it mm-hmm. and schedule it in and just make sure that, because that's the first thing to go because yeah. it's up to me and it's really easy to like just, you know. Yeah, and the music is like a paid gig. Like it's time to be there. You have to be there. So. Yeah, people are going to get mad if you don't show yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of constantly struggling with that balance. Um but it's but it's also like such a in, like invigorating thing and then the music and the art just it's different parts of my personality I need that time where I close my door and I'm in the studio and I'm, I'm yeah. not answering my phone mm-hmm. and then the gig outlet is like a really uh, that kind of ends up fulfilling for me like this like the social outlet yeah, most, most people don't know that Maggie's an introvert because they see her <laughs> gigs and she's yeah. and she's you know, bubbly and warm and, and social and, and talking to everybody. Uh, and then she comes home and it's like studio door shut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, that's her recharge. Yeah. Yeah. I call that an extroverted introvert. Yeah. 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 That's so true. Absolutely describe that's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you consider yourself to be introverted or extroverted? I'm, I'm, I'm less introverted. I definitely need alone time and, um, but I'm more social. I, I like to go out and do stuff with friends yeah. for fun, and Maggie just wants to work all the time. <laughs> it's like if I have a... Yeah, if he has um, a night off, like Wednesday nights or Jackson's nights, I'm at Redfish, and mm-hmm. so he'll usually go get a beer with me, you know, or something. Yeah, I'll get a beer with my friends or something, you know. But, like, Monday night when he's at um, the jazz corner, I'm like, thank God I can home. just go in the studio and yeah. not talk to him. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's the... Um, weird balance of like I like I love my husband and I love when he's around and I like spending time with him but dear lord I would just like three hours in our house by myself (laughs) you know like that that moment of just having the the time to yourself to do whatever you need to do absolutely and just having the energy of just the house being and I think at least we both understand that of each other and it's like that's important we're both so busy there definitely a lot of times when or away from the house yeah. while the other one is there too so yeah. we, we just have lots going on so that yeah. happens yeah that's nice we've <laughs> talked before about how for fine artists that usually your personality type is such that you like either you like it or not but the way that you work is that you're alone and you're just working on things yourself and it's self-directed and that that like runs up against then when you need to go to a craft show or a gallery show right. and sell your stuff and talk to people so it's interesting for you where you have these like very different performance things. Our art dealers yeah. love her because of that. <laughs> yeah. Like any 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 of the the galleries that she shows in 
are they always seem totally surprised that she can you know they're they're used to these introverted artists that don't have social skills <laughs> and then she shows up to an opening and, and works the room like it's a gig yeah 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 no that's actually helped helped me a lot because I mean that's not my natural state but after playing gigs for. 20 years, yeah, you perform. learn how to do it. I feel like I do have to stick up for just introversion in general. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think people think that it means that you have no social skills and you're this weird hermit, and it doesn't. It just means that you then need to like be alone and recharge. Exactly, yeah. and you can't, and some people kind of struggle with being alone and not being around people, and that's yeah. not a, a I, negative I didn't either. I to imply that in, introverts don't have social skills. I was implying that artists, artists. don't have social skills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it, that actually is funny because, well, you know, we've talked about this. You, you go to a party with a bunch of artists, it's not nearly as fun as a party with a bunch of musicians. Oh. <laughs> I, I can see that, yeah. That's funny. Before we moved to Savannah, my dad gave me um, his advice for, like, if you guys want to play gigs and, you know, get into the scene and everything, his advice, it wasn't like, you know, like, practice, make sure you're on top of the game. He was like... You have to master the art of the hang. The yeah. hang? The hang, like yeah. after the gig. So yeah, like, he's like... Or, the hang is yeah. just is that's everything. Like really what it comes down to. On the to. networking, right? Yeah. yeah. So you guys, you have your regular thing Friday and Saturday nights out at the Cuban restaurant. Do you go out after that, too? I mean, we used to we more, used but to. when we started racing bikes, when I started getting in on the bike racing, it's like, you know, getting up the next morning. It's the morning, yeah. So I think that's actually kind of what his... I would say in everything... Uh, this kind of social stuff has gotten cut, cut back. Like, yeah, I would say yeah. so too. Yeah, we rarely go out after the gigs anymore. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you must be unusual where you have this uh, late night career and then this early morning super physically active. It, it, it is not super compatible. It is it's, not. It's, it's a tough. struggle. Most oh my musicians gosh. are sleeping it off in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and even even you know the the travel for it is oh. you know we, like we have to plan so far in advance to. You know, yeah. make sure we get gigs covered if we want to go do a race. <laughs> so I have to tell, like last June, not this past June, but last year, there was a race in Macon that we both wanted to do. Um, and it was like a little past Macon. So it was like, it was a 9 a.m. start on a Saturday morning. <laughs> so about a three hour drive that you have to get wow. out a little early to get your bike together and everything like that. And so we're like... But we were just kind of in this, like, crazy, like, let's just see if we can do it. So we played Rancho the night before. We got up at 4.30, uh, grabbed our friend Justin, got in the car, like, drove to the, the race. Um, we both won. We both won. Wow. Wow. Awesome. That was the first thing we like, yeah. <laughs> so we slammed it out. Um, <laughs> we, like, we, like, hurried and we're like, we have to be back for a gig. Can we do, like, the words, like, really fast enough? <laughs> so, so we, like, got our medals. It sounds insane. It was yeah. insane. We drove back home, hurried and showered, and went, went to Rancho. <laughs> and, like, I think if we hadn't won, we wouldn't have had the adrenaline to carry this. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, a, that's an insane turnaround. It was an insane turnaround, yeah. But it was kind of invigorating. <laughs> so what was the race like? Oh, it was so fun. It was, um... Actually, there was a long course and a short course, okay. so we had to do the short one. So it was like thirty miles. Yeah, so, yeah. just thirty miles. Yeah, thirty miler. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's all on um, dirt roads. Um, you know, it's called it's a style of racing, gravel racing. So mm-hmm. you're on a kind of road bike with slightly thicker uh, tile tires, and um, yeah, and so we just. Uh, yeah, sometimes loose gravel, sometimes a little bit rolly, but it was mm-hmm. really fun and, and really pretty and, you know, just kind of went really 
really hard the whole time. I, I can't yeah. remember how long it took. Maybe hour, hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I feel like this is it's intimidating for up and coming musicians to listen to you guys because nobody else can match this <laughs> activity. <laughs> you guys Frantic. are setting the standard in Savannah for way too high. <laughs> Um, I did want to ask briefly, so I know you guys, you moved away from Savannah for a while to live in China, and you performed there too. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to be musicians in China? Oh my gosh. I mean, just living in a foreign country was, you know, the culture shock, and, and that brought its own challenges. The, the music part was, was very cool. Um, I would say being, just to set a premise, being uh, Western, uh, you know, as, composed, as opposed to like you know, Asian, Eastern, so we were, anyone, you know, like, on that side of the world is referred to as, like, Western, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Western musicians were, like, a hot commodity where we were living in China, so yeah. we automatically got paid more, we automatically, I got a gig like that, like, just, yeah. it was, we went for an artist residency, um, but we were playing a jazz club, like, six nights a week, really? within the first weekend we were there just because that was like a selling point yeah um and i'm gonna say one more thing i didn't mean to cut you off but just to kind of like set the stage for it um the the chinese population what we noticed and this might have like changed since then because stuff accelerates so much and we were there in 2011 but um but western music seemed to all be lumped together so there there wasn't like this um like, oh, I only like jazz or I like rock or whatever. Like, they, oh. there was just, like, they loved all of it. And we had, like, people would want to hear Country Roads, and then they'd want to hear um, Black Eyed Peas, and then they'd want to hear, like, and they didn't just say, <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're yeah. jazz musicians, we're not going to play my humps, just because we have, like, <laughs> male and a female singer, you know? So there was a little... But I think maybe it's just a result of the of China being kind of closed off from Western music for so long that they got it all at once, yeah. and it wasn't this... Lineage. Um, oh, yeah, you don't, if you don't get it in a linear way, it's it's hard to place Frank Sinatra somewhere differently than you know Michael my, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> their context is much different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, so you guys were almost it was like a jukebox. They just wanted to hear <laughs> different things. Yeah. 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 And then the the second club we played at was sort of the more of uh, it was a uh, it was one of the nicer clubs in, in all of China. And it was the, the owner was a jazz lover he would make a couple trips to New Orleans every year and um, so there he was like yeah I don't play that. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just, just play the jazz uh, yeah. Yeah. which was yeah. such a relief like, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah we don't have to yeah because the other club they're like yeah you can start out with jazz and then like maybe play some more like folk songs and dance music yeah. and we're like well, we don't it's not what we do like <laughs> we worked a few, a few tunes out and made it work yeah awesome well we are going to take a short break and we will be back with Maggie and Jackson Evans you are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. 
This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Welcome back. Um, we're here with Maggie and Jackson Evans, um, and we were talking about uh, their trip to China um, and playing music in China and what that was like. Um, so, w- what's your what's your favorite story from that experience? Like, what Because I'm sure I'm sure there was a lot that was was different from here. But what was your favorite experience? Was it the, hotel? Was, the what? The, the hotel. hotel. Yes, that's. <laughs> The TV show? Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. So they told us at the club that they were going to take us to be on a TV show Just and to stay at a five-star hotel. Just to preface, like, when you're there working for the club, they, they kind of pimp you out a lot. Like, all the sure. time you're doing all these <laughs> weddings or sh- shows, and they just, like, drive you to a random place, and you play, like, three songs, and it ends up being, like, a birthday party for, like... Twin twelve-year-old boys or something like yeah. that, like and these, huge these were things. huge productions, you know. Yeah, it's like being jumbotrons. Uh, yeah, you know, like it's hilarious. So <laughs> very, very high production values. You know, yeah. cameras on on boom cranes and things like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I showed up to one once in the wrong color of dress, and oh, they, no. oh yeah, and they made me change my dress, and they had a dress that was um, meant for a. Much smaller. Oh, man. <laughs> was it very short? No, it was a gown. It was like okay. a prom dress, but they couldn't zip up the back. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, and I'm not like, you know, I'm just terrible. You're not, not a big person. No. <laughs> so you just couldn't turn around. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was like, whatever. I like, just keep your I'm back. beyond <laughs> being embarrassed. So, so. so they told us that we were going to do this TV show on a specific day, and then it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, the the manager came at, at, to the gig, you know, uh-huh. so we get done at like midnight. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, uh, we're leaving after the gig. And we're like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, well, yeah, we're going to uh, to that hotel for the TV yeah. show. And it's like an island that's... And uh, we're like, well, can we... Can oh, we can it's we, three hours away. It's like we, a three or four Can hour we get uh, our toothbrush? <laughs> <laughs> so they drive us back Some to things. our apartment. We run in, grab a few things, um, get in the van with this, this like, rickety, you know, bread box of a van and um, and start driving at, like, 1.30 in the morning. Uh, we get, the sun's like just about to come up, you know, we're, we're maybe, we've been driving for three or four hours, and um, we're almost there, the driver pulls over and just decides to take a nap. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! So we're just sitting there, 
like you know, we're like twenty minutes away from the hotel, <laughs> and uh, and uh, fortunately, our, our drummer spoke Chinese, and just like after a few minutes, he's like, "Listen, dude, we're almost there." Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, go. We just, yeah, <laughs> do nap in the hotel. So, so they drove us to. The so they drove us to the hotel. We get to the hotel at five in the morning. Amazing hotel. It's a gorgeous it's hotel. Amazing. They they give us a room, and they're like, "You need to be." Um, at sound check. At sound check at, at like eight. Oh, <laughs> or like yeah, you know I think it was ten or eleven. I, I can't remember, but I think I I opted for like an hour nap instead of a shower. So I, yeah, we just like fell asleep for a little bit. We went down to sound check, and um, I think he just said it was a party. And then we got there. We didn't the know it was a TV show. We didn't know it was a TV show, and I, I just I was a little. Because <laughs> I, you know, I kind of, it felt like I kind of looked like crap. Like, I, you know, I just had my clothes from the night, bef- from the gig before. Yeah. And Did they not do hair and makeup? No, they didn't. No. And I did not, like, my hair was not looking great. And we got there and, like, and they were just like, what song are you going to play? We're like, oh, we'll play this one. They're like, no, we don't like that song. What else? And we're like, so we got to go through, like, four songs. And they're like, okay, yeah, you can play that one. And then they're like, okay. Sent us back to our hotel room, but then we had to be back at like three to like play the thing, oh. and then they wanted to like interview us, and I was supposed to say something in Chinese, and I could we could speak a little Chinese, but I wasn't super confident with it, and mm-hmm. I was so tired. I was like, I'm not speaking Chinese on TV, just so you can laugh at me. Oh. Right? <laughs> so I made so, the drummer. Too. So then we th- we think we're like. You know, we're like sweet. At least we got this fancy hotel room. So we yeah. filmed the film the thing, and they put us back in the bus and took us back to Hangzhou uh, to play the game. Yeah, oh yeah. I think we got like dinner, and then they literally put us back in the van and drove us straight to the gig. And so we we didn't even go home first. We like went oh. back to the club. Wow. <laughs> and we're just like. So you had like twenty four hours straight of just yes. Yes. It was, it was really with like weird. some like power disco naps. Uh, <laughs> it was so weird. And then of course when we got done with the gig, I think we just like we had some we made friends with these Swedish musicians that played down the street, and I think we went straight to their yeah. gig and then like <laughs> were they having the same like they kind they of experience? Were, yeah, they've been there longer than us, and they were not even surprised. They're like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what they do with you. I've been listening to that. I am like kind of amazed with the the faith that you had getting into this like rickety van and like just letting people drive you for yeah, several hours. Like, yeah, you know, you're gonna make it back. We, we question it many, many times. And and especially they didn't tell us like the manager that set it up. He's like, oh yeah, it's like an hour away, and we just oh, mentioned to our yeah. other friends like oh yeah we're gonna go play this thing it's like an hour away they're like no that's like four hours away yeah your entire experience there with your manager was them just sort of like massaging the truth oh yeah you and then getting you into these scenarios <laughs> yeah pretty much oh yeah it was yeah it was wild experience, quite an experience. yeah, yeah. yeah. and how long were you there the better part of two being, years. yeah oh. mm-hmm. what yeah. what what city were you in hongjum it's a Beautiful, beautiful yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a sister city to Savannah. It's the same latitude as Savannah, so oh. it's a very similar weather pattern. It's a little more inland. Mm-hmm. Um, very it's, historic. There's yeah, like it's, a it's, lake. yeah, there's a, a lake called West Lake that's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Mm-hmm. Um, tea fields up in the, the mountains. It's, uh, it's a nice little spot. Yeah. Cool. And then as an aside, I'll, I'll make this story brief, but one of our Swedish friends um, that we met over there it's a great basis and um, when we met him we were like oh my gosh you would 
you need to meet my sister. <laughs> like, and we ended up bringing him back here for a tour, and he ended up um, marrying my sister. And wow. They lived, yes, I know. We were very, very proud of ourselves. <laughs> so they lived in Savannah for a bit, and now they're in Sweden, and they have the cutest two-year-old. That is fascinating. So it's, my yeah. gosh. Pretty amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did want to ask, so... People in town, you might know, um, Maggie had a cycling accident a few months ago through no fault of her own, and it was very serious, and she's had many surgeries and physical therapy now to get over it. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you're getting back into music and how it's going? Yeah. um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the accident, just a quick overview for those of you that uh, didn't didn't hear about it, but, um, yeah, I was riding back in on 80, coming in from the islands, um, and I got hit from behind by a trek going about 60 miles an hour. Yeah, 65 plus. 65, yeah. yeah. And um, I think he was just trying to pass someone on the right impatiently. Didn't see me. I was well on the shoulder. Um, and upon impact, I flew through the air 136 feet and landed, luckily, in the marsh. Um, and But, it, I mean, it really, uh, like broke some vertebrae in my back, um, and other, you know, lots of extensive internal injuries and, um, some other broken things, um, but, uh, so that was in April, and I've been recovering from that for, for, since then, um, and so everything's gonna be good, which is, like, pretty amazing, (laughs) so, um, you know, a couple more millimeters in my spine, and I might not be walking, so, um, so I, you know, I'm working on walking now. It's it's taking a little longer than I wanted, but in the scheme of things, it's not taking as Maggie's, long as Maggie's, we expected. Yeah. Very on brand for Maggie was is a, a miraculous and speedy recovery. She's she's <laughs> months ahead of what most people would would be doing right now. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but it's but it has been a challenge getting back to um, the things that. I want to do. Um, I can ride my bike on a trainer inside, and that's amazing. I can ride my bike better than I can walk right now. Um, and I've been able to get out to the studio, and I can work on little paintings. Um, and my back, amazingly, is like more flexible than I was expecting it to be now. And there's some numbness, but not really a lot of pain. Uh, the playing has kind of been the last thing that I've started getting back into. Um, they did have to remove uh, part of my lung. Um, I'm not sure the details on that. Yeah, it, uh, uh, yeah the, your lung was bleeding, so your lung and your liver. That was the that was the most emergent stuff. That was what almost killed you. So, yeah. But so um, but she's she's still working to get back to her uh, aerobic baseline with mm-hmm. the, with yeah, the lung stuff. Right. So. Yeah. So that's kind of so singing. Singing stuff is the point. Sing, yes, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah. for singing. Um, you know, I can sing okay, but I just cannot hold notes. Right. Um, I still have like my full range as far as I can tell, but it's just I have to breathe a lot more and I just don't have the okay. kind of sustain. Yeah. And then as far as bass, I haven't really picked up my big bass yet and the thought of wearing it right now seems pretty impossible, but um <laughs> I have a little bass and I've been able to kind of play on it and my yeah, fingers don't sit feel weird. And play? Is that like, um, just awkward positioning? It's a little awkward. Um, well, if you've ever seen Maggie play, she does not stand still. <laughs> I've never been, yeah, and, and part of the, part of standing, I, I can sing much better and get better support when I'm standing mm-hmm. than sitting. I'm always really impressed when people can sing while sitting, because 
I've just never been that good at it. Um, but, um, and also I think just like sitting in one position in general tends to be a little uncomfortable right now. So I don't yeah. know if I would, I'd probably end up getting like a weird, like crick in my neck or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm, you know, I'll have to ease back into it and I'll, I'm not quite sure when that's going to be, but, um, yeah. You know, at some point, I'll probably start by just kind of showing up and sitting in before I commit to a full gig. Just yeah. yelling at Jackson. Yeah. We're very excited to see how your recovery is going so far, and you look great. And yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, thanks. We'll continue to pull for you. I'm working on it. Yeah, lots um, of therapy. <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask this completely separate question but um so and you, you guys have referenced when we talk about like uh forms of music that there's new orleans jazz and i feel like even for me not super educated about music theory but i have a vision in my head of what that means and i've always wondered do other cities have like a style like are there other cities that are like that style of jazz is it just new orleans yeah absolutely um no it's not just new orleans okay. yeah, it's not <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> yes yeah. uh, historically more so than now i love to talk about this because you know, remember in the the days of jazz, uh, musicians would play together in a city. Um, they would develop their own sound, and they would record it, and then records would get shipped from city to city. And to and to get those those sounds to learn the music from those records, a musician would have to you know wait till that one copy of that record came in, and the musicians would share it around. And and that's you know pre-internet. So so these days everybody has the whole of Western music at their fingertips on Spotify, whereas in the developmental stages of both jazz and rock and roll, every every city had the individuals that contributed to that city-specific sound. So we talk about the Kansas City sound, which, like, okay. you know, the Charlie Parker was from Kansas City, so the, that sort of early bebop stuff sort of came out of there. In 1919, the, the uh, Storyville, the red light district in... Uh, New Orleans was ordered shut by the Secretary of the Navy, and that sort of dispersed. That's how Louis Armstrong and Bix Beiderbecke and, and all those early jazz guys ended up in Chicago because they mm-hmm. they followed the Mississippi River up. And, you know, this is pre-interstate, and um, and all of that New Orleans stuff got sort of dispensed into the into the world, okay. and and then each pocket sort of developed from there. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any like dream places or gigs that you want around town, or bands you want to be playing with in the future? I'm I'm having a blast with Damon. I'd like to do more of that. Um, someday I'd like to find a, a reason to start sort of a, a, a an edgier improvisational situation that's uh, you know electric based as opposed to the acoustic jazz that I usually play. Okay. Yeah. What you well, I've been enjoying. Um, Jackson brought a jazz guitarist down from Canada, Jocelyn Gould, and. Um, She's uh, just like kind of blowing up right now. She wanted Juno last year um, in Canada. Um, it's the Canadian. The Canadian grand. Grand. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> For those that don't. <laughs> but um, so we brought her down for some shows, and it just was really cool to like um, like combine our styles. And she and I were singing together, and it was like oh, that's nice. yeah, it was fun. It was a, a way to take um, what I like to do, but put like a fresh spin on it, and. So any sorts of those collaborations are exciting. And one kind of downside about the scene in Savannah right now is that there really aren't any other female jazz musicians. Instrumentalists, anyway. Instrument, wow. Yeah, there are some singers, but um, I never get to just 
played oh. with other female musicians and um, so there's a jazz so, you're, so there's a vacuum we could get a lot more was, yeah okay. I would love to do more of that okay. because the energy is just totally different and it and it's just like anything you know when you're a female doing something in a male dominated uh, discipline and the jazz world has definitely been male dominated for a long time yeah. to kind of emphasize that more that. maybe bring yeah. more yeah. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun. I, yeah, I, it's 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 crazy. You don't even stop and think about it, but I can, like, count on one hand how many times I've actually got to just like, play. And not other scenes are, are like that. Um, the bigger scenes is it's really been a big movement lately. I would say to um, yeah. focus more on women in jazz. Um, do yeah. you, do you think Savannah has like um. An unusually thriving music scene for how big the city is in general. I, I, I think so. so. It's yeah. it's an interesting place because not at least speaking from the jazz perspective, uh, not only do we have a lot of gigs, but there isn't a conservatory or a jazz program to mm-hmm. to have where you have students competing for the same gigs. So mm-hmm. we have a small musician pool, but a but a high demand for live music and performance which is nice yeah. because it keeps the wages competitive lucky here and it and it honestly does come down to restaurant owners or venue owners that really value and respect the music I mean Juan at yeah. Rancho Lake yeah that's we're very lucky to have he that he is passionate about jazz and he loves it when you know jazz musicians come and sit in and it becomes like a hang and a thing and it's like yeah. such a random cool venue that's just become a thing because um just because he's passionate he's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I feel like most restaurants they need all their space for tables for bringing in money, and you're not going to uh-huh. like carve out a whole part of it just for a stage. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. I did. I was wondering, um, <laughs> since you guys have been here for so many years, what do you think about like has the trajectory of the number of places around town to play? Do you think it's getting better over time, or do you think it? You know, it's interesting because venues have closed, but venues have opened. Yeah. Um, we have always. Since we moved here, it's amazing that we've pretty much played consistently the whole time we've been here. I mean, it's been every weekend for like seven days. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, but you know, I feel like lately uh, there's more and more places that want music. Right. There's mm-hmm. it's okay. a resurgence, like new places that are opening. I think it's a, it's a cultural thing that the South in general is supportive of of live music, and we have such a big tourist industry now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we always we have uh, a couple of questions that we like to ask everybody. It's like our inside the actor studio questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I will start. Um, do you guys each have? Say you're walking around alone. Do you have like a like a theme music that plays in your head that really pumps you up? What's your exciting self theme music? <laughs> Maggie's gonna be a smart ass and say I have the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally what what's smart ass about that? Pumps me up, okay. <laughs> No, I, I actually I caught myself the other day. Um, just like Jackson said something like, "Oh, I've got blah 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 stuck in my head," and I realized that I had this like soundtrack running through my head that wasn't like a real song, but it was like very lively and like just like it was like I was kind of like making it up as I went, but it was like had a certain groove and like different chords going on, and and I was like singing it to myself, and I didn't even realize it. And I was like, "That's not even a but it was that's not even a thing." Yeah, it was just like okay, like. I it's mean, like a musical score. It was like my theme music. Yeah. It would be nice to be a musician and could just create your own theme music <laughs> as you're walking along. Like, that's, it was that's pretty better. It was yeah. very subconscious. <laughs> and I usually just have whatever I'm working on stuck in my head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what is weird? I've noticed um, in 
by creases, like if I'm doing something really intense and um, like kind of thrown down and also I need to be really focused so I don't like hit something wrong or something, I get like very relaxed bossa novas in my head. It's like not intense, it's like wave or something, like definitely a gig song, but I'll just, it's like I'm like maybe kind of trying to oh, calm myself down. Yeah, interesting. 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 Yeah. It is interesting. I know. Yeah, not many people when they're in the zone, like athletically, are listening to bossa novas. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> When I used to, in high school, I used to run, and I remember I'd have, like, like Green Day songs going through my head, because they were so fast, and I yes, felt like yeah. it was making me <laughs> totally. do better. Right, right, right. I used to listen to the same album all the time when I was on um, the treadmill, and it was one of my friend's bands, so anytime I would go to hear my friend's band oh. play, like, I psychologically felt like, like I was working, working out. out. Yeah, yeah, I was like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Totally. So... Maggie, um, what one person in kind of the musical field, like a bass player, uh, would be most influential on you? Oh, this is such a hard question <laughs> for me because um, I feel like I've never like sat down and like emulated other basses in a way, like I, I like I play off of who I'm playing with, mm-hmm. and I find them most inspirational. But if I go way back, <laughs> actually, I would have to say Flea, probably. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, like when I started listening, like I think it was just it's such a fundamental part of when I was like starting to play and just like kind of his rhythmic decisions and stuff like that and the way he slaps. It's not like something that I use all the time now, but it's like... Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, a few years ago, I listened back to him, and I was like, oh, I think I really got a lot from him early on. <laughs> cool. He's so, iconic. Yeah. He's iconic, right? <laughs> All right, Jackson, same question. Again, it's hard, because there's so many influences, and, and a lot of teachers also. Um, but if I had to pick, you know, if I had to say, like, my favorite guitarist, that I, I, I would go with John Schofield. Okay. Um, mostly just because he has a quirky approach, and, and I... I want that to be my approach, okay. <laughs> even if I don't sound anything like it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask each of you, if you were not doing what you were doing professionally, what would be your second choice profession? Second choice. Um, I mean, it's hard because we've just like crafted our lives to be so we can do what we want all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need second choices. <laughs> yeah, I just, I honestly can't, unless I could, like, um... Like, there's something completely different for, that you... Yeah, if I could... Hike for like, a living? Yeah, if someone could, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. travel. Yeah, exactly, like... That'd be all right. Yeah. I could myself being, like, a, you know, a, a personal trainer or a coach or something of that yeah. nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harnessing your physical activity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And then the bookstore owner in me always assumes that people are readers. So the question is, what book speaks to you the most? Jackson, you go first because I'm gonna have to think. And I my, my, my favorite all-time book is Catching the Rye. Okay. And it's the the those those scenes of him going to the 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 bars in Manhattan and um, and hearing jazz. It just speaks to the old soul. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Maggie reads he a didn't lot. talk long <laughs> I know <laughs> well it's hard because I know this question it's like two hours later I'm going to be like that's it that's it <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, uh, if you need to let me know later, I can stick it into the Facebook event and be like, edit, Maggie later follow up with this list of 10 books. I know, because I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to like scan through my bookshelf. Yeah, I still didn't, I still didn't. Okay. I'll try to think. I will stick it in later. Do you guys have anything final you want to say? Like any advice for up and coming musicians in Savannah? Anything like that? After the art of the hanging. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I would say, um, like, uh, just like, um, always remember to like approach music with openness, um, and approach the scene with openness. Approach it with like music. You're. It's not about you. It's about what you're creating with everyone else around you. So mm-hmm. you should not be thinking like, I'm going to play this awesome solo. You should be thinking... Yeah, never have an agenda. Never have an agenda. Just you should be responding to what's going on around you and you should always be listening to what you're doing in the context of what everyone else is doing. And it takes a while to get in that place, but I mean, yeah. I think it's just such a... You know, that makes it exciting and, and it keeps it fresh all the time. You make it sound like improv. Yes, <laughs> it's like a, literally, and also just be cool. Oh, and tip your bartenders like, if you're, yeah. like just because you're in the band doesn't mean you don't, have, you know. Yeah, they're probably yes. providing you with drinks all night, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, don't be a jerk. Yeah. That's great advice. That advice. <laughs> life advice. Yeah. As someone who's worked in the it, service industry, yeah. that is great advice. It will come, it will come back around. Hands yeah. Hands yeah. Hopefully, there are a lot of tours. Here are some fun creative events coming up this week in town. On Friday, there are a bunch of things. There's an opening at the JEA. It's Sean Grenville Emmett Landscape Photos, especially of the Southwest. There's also an opening at Sulphur Studio. It is called Entanglements. It's a duo exhibition by Matt Toole and Ruth Sykes. On Friday also is First Friday for Folk Music at the First Presbyterian Church of Savannah. Through Saturday at Sulphur Studio is the artist-in-residence Kazumi Wilds. She's an illustrator and bookmaker. Also right now, registration is open for classes and workshops at the Savannah Cultural Arts Center. They have workshops in music, art, acting, and dance, and things are for adults, teens, and kids. Through the summer, Location Gallery has a show by the artist Jennifer Nolan. It's Paintings of Animals. And um, there still is the photo contest by the Friends of the Savannah Coastal Wildlife Refuge. Their entry deadline is August 14th. Uh, There's more information can be had if you Google their name, but winners receive cash prizes and will be in a group show at Cedar House Gallery. Photos must be taken on publicly accessible refuge lands, and they have a suggested entry fee of $10 for three images. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.